The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. As we've been telling you on 630 Chad, Transport Minister Mark Arnault has banned Boeing 737 MAX 8 and MAX uh, nine. 9 planes from flying into, out of, or over Canadian airspace. The safety notice is effective immediately and will remain in place until further notice. The new information, and I hasten to say this is new information uh, that we received and analyzed this morning, comes from validated satellite tracking data suggesting a possible, although unproven, similarity in the flight profile of the Lion Air aircraft. And I caution that this new information is not conclusive and that we must await further evidence, hopefully, from the voice and data recorders. Well, you have to wonder if the new information came from a guy like our guest. Uh, so <laughs> has the government handled this correctly? What about the airlines, the manufacturer? Uh, joining us now is Jason Hatcher with Navigator Limited. He specializes in strategic communications and media relations and has for years worked at the provincial and federal levels of government. Uh, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Andrew. You know, I've really been looking forward to this conversation because how uh, how companies and governments, for that matter, handle their social media presence, how they handle their uh, public relations pres- uh, presence has become different in the last decade uh, with the advent, of course, of uh, social media and the Internet. Bad news travels fast. Uh, <laughs> That's <the> abil- true. <laughs> yeah, but the ability to correct that message can travel equally fast. So in this particular case... What are your thoughts on this particular situation and how the manufacturers handled it and our government has handled it? Well, you know, you're absolutely right, Andrew. It's changed so much over the last decade plus. Um, you know, you go back to, to, to over a decade ago, we didn't even have cell phones, for example, or they certainly there was no iPhone at that point in time. But, you know, in these situations, corporations are always balancing their legal risk versus their reputational risk. The challenges with, with uh, incidents like the horrible accident uh, that occurred of, uh, this week is that the, the legal risk or the le- legal jeopardy, if you will, takes perhaps years, but certainly a long time uh, to determine where that reputational risk or the damage can happen you know, within, within moments. So that's the real challenge for the government. I think in this, or for, the, uh, for both government and for industry, I think in this situation, uh, you saw right out of the gates that Boeing was, was sort of had a mixed message. They said they were believing that things were safe, mm-hmm. uh, but then we're looking at fixes for software updates. And, mm-hmm. and that wasn't, I think, really carrying, uh, carrying them forward in a positive light. But I think that strategy was really based on an assumption that the FAA in the States were not going to take any action. And as has been standard practice, most countries would follow the FAA. Mm-hmm. So once that started to fall apart, you could see that they had to immediately sort of change their uh, change their tactic, if you will. Uh, what's what's your opinion? I guess if you had to, to grade uh, the government and, and transport minister uh, Mark Garneau and uh, Boeing on how they've handled it, what would it be? I think it was interesting listening to Garneau. You know, you know the ooh, the vital new information that just came out. I mean, that's that's just a line, isn't it? Well, I mean, I think the government was ultimately forced into 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 action. Um, you know, at, at first, when when uh, when the story came out and, and you saw that that Boeing was sticking to and the FAA were sticking to the safety and inferring that certain pilots in certain jurisdictions perhaps weren't trained properly, mm-hmm. um, the government was trying to hang their hat on that. But ultimately, once you started seeing peer jurisdictions, countries like Australia. 
New Zealand, and then ultimately the UK and France, I think, was really what pushed things over the top. Um, they were put into a box where they were going to have to react. You couple that with sort of late in the day yesterday, you saw a lot of number of the Canadian airline unions beginning to speak out, mm-hmm. uh, speak concerns about that. Um, and then this double message that Boeing initially came out with that it was safe, but we were, were also providing fixes, I think put the government into a position where, where they had to make a decision. Sometimes so I think they were able to, to, to look at, uh, create new data and create that atmosphere. But let's be honest, right now the federal government is, is happy to have any minister up talking about anything that doesn't Yeah, well, uh, isn't the that the truth? Fair. Well, you know, the thing is, though, you know, the, the line about, you know, maybe the pilots haven't been trained properly or that, you know, there's updates to come. Like, that doesn't help either. That doesn't... Well, in my opinion, I want to know yours, Jason. I feel it hinders because it's yeah. conclusion by default. If you if the manufacturer says there's nothing wrong with our aircraft, if the FAA says they have nothing but confidence in that aircraft, if the airlines say uh, we believe in that aircraft, and then you're what we're, as regular folks, waiting for is we'll point the finger somewhere because there's no denying two aircraft fell out of the air. So, you know, so what you have to do is say, well, it must have been the software then, or it must have been the training. I mean, by default, you we want to come to a rapid conclusion. Well, that's it. And I think what you were seeing there is, is seeing some message testing to see ultimately what would would stick. I mean, to be fair to, to, to all those involved, uh, we don't know for sure that you know, these incidents were related to the same matter. They, they they look like it, so let's be honest. I mean, I'll let aviation experts speak to that. That's certainly not what I do. Um, but I think what you saw in the first the first hours of this was was trying to get some messaging out there that would make it go away. Um, but when that didn't occur, you've seen over the last several hours how Boeing has changed its tactics um, to what I think should have been their actions in the first place, to be blunt. Interesting. Mm, interesting. So, you know, aside from this specific situation, um, companies in general, and we were talking about this off the top of the show, but it was unrelated to this. I was ta- I was simply talking about Facebook est- being down or something. Yeah, no, it was an estimated wait time of twelve oh, minutes right. to talk to an Air Canada rep about right. something very small, and and the wait time was actually an hour and fifteen. And what I was saying was, if you're going to do uh, PR, or if you're going to do, uh, if you're going to have a presence on um, social media, or if you're going to offer customer service, you have to do it well. And when you don't do it well, it's it's almost worse than not doing it at all. So when it comes to PR, when you have a major catastrophe, and this one is obviously you know beyond major, but when a company in general has a problem, a PR problem, how important is it for them to hit it fast, hard, and honestly? Oh, it's absolutely critical. I mean, I think you, you hit the nail on the head there, Andrew. I mean, you know, reputations are, are built and destroyed in in, in seconds, and uh, there's just not a lot of time to get this wrong. And, you know, look, we've seen what's happened in Canada recently, and now this particular incident that really demonstrates this from a crisis communication standpoint. The first thing, and you mentioned it, is honesty. Um, we, when we talk to clients, we the first thing we say is, okay, what's coming what's the real risks because you have to be honest the second you lose that credibility with your target audience whether that be the general public or government or whatever the case may be it's gone and and you're just not going to have the time to get it back it's important to get ahead of the issue get the bad news out define what the issues are so it's you're not defined by others and then 
map out a strategy or a plan and how you're going to deal with it. And it's important in these day, this day and age as well to take ownership, to show genuine empathy, and that needs to come from the top. So the Boeing situation, you saw a switch today where, where the CEO, Dennis uh, Mullenberg, came out and, and effectively did this and, and ultimately supported the FAA's decision uh, for the grounding of the flight. So that's what we talk about, clients. You have to be honest. You have to get the facts on the table because the truth will come out. Uh, in this day and age, people will uh, will find a way, whether it comes internally or externally. Jason, have you offered up your service to, services to the Trudeau government at all recently? <laughs> <laughs> we like to leave the politics to the politicians. I was just going to say, um, you must be sitting back and watching that too, going, whoa. Well, you know, it's fascinating because, you know, in, in one way, it's truly a case study on on how how to how not to do crisis management, <laughs> you know, and, and I, I, I've, I've said that previously over the last couple of weeks that, you know, every step along the way, there were options for the government to effectively slow this story down. I mean, goodness, we've been in for two week parliamentary break yet, you know, even with the absence of of, uh, of uh, question period, this, this story continue to continues to feed itself. And frankly, it's the government that that has that has fed it. Um, uh, but now I'm kind of looking at it going from a client standpoint, going, boy, there's some real tricks on how to extend a story here. So maybe that's what I should be taking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm curious to know as well, this is just a kind of a running joke here on the 630 Chet Afternoon News, because all of these crises, these type of crises that you're talking about, of course, we get the initial news, then we get the official statement, uh, whether it be from government or industry. Um, and we, it's a running joke here that uh, no matter what the situation, the line that's often included is, and it, and it typically ends with this, we take these matters very seriously. And, and you just got to the point of me reading that one line so many times that I thought, well, if you took it seriously, we probably wouldn't be having this conversation. So uh, how important is it? in dealing with crisis not to use catchphrases or you know just trite statements like that yeah, no, it's a, it's a great point. I mean, it, it kind of goes to that honesty piece. And I think, you know, again, in this day and age, people uh, are so plugged in and so attuned to that typical spin, right? Those, those lines that we know are just, just spin lines trying, to, trying to, to, to wrap up a story or wrap up a statement. Plain speak is something that is, is critical in these situations. Um, you want to be understood. You don't want to leave area for interpretation. And, and you don't want to be in any way be able to characterize as if, if you are trying to spin people or, or being too cute by half, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we all learned this in grade school. Honesty and plain talk is is uh, is the best order of the day. And, and I think uh, uh, often the instinct is to obfuscate and, and hope it will go away. Um, once the light is turned on, it, it doesn't get turned off quickly. Do you think that applies to politicians as well? We mused about this off the top of the show. Mm-hmm. I said, you know, take the SNC-Lavalin. What if Prime Minister Trudeau had stepped up to a post and went, wow, did I, I screw, screw that up? up. Yeah. Yeah, I know, and that's what I referred to earlier. I thought there was many steps along the way that where the prime minister could have acknowledged um, that where mistakes were made and lessons were learned um, and taken some responsibility. Um, but even when he finally got to the point where he foreshadowed for a day and a half, we heard that there was going to be contrition mm-hmm. showed, I believe was the phrase that was coming out, yeah. um, which is a, a funny word in itself because it, contrition isn't necessarily an apology, I guess, in, at least in this case. Um, but they set their own set standard. They set 
set that bar for almost an apology or, or empathy or lessons learned, and he fell well short of the bar that he established for himself. Mm-hmm. And frankly, you know, that's what we've seen throughout uh, throughout this this uh, this uh, scandal, and, and the reason why it continues to, I think, stick to the Prime Minister. The Prime Minister himself defined himself as a feminist, you know, defined reconciliation as, an, as, an, as, a, as a critical mandate of his government, um, and, and then you saw it again with the contrition piece, and each time he set those bars and has not been able to meet them in his actions. Jason, uh, so therefore it looks like words. Jason Hatcher with uh, Navigator Limited joining us this afternoon. I'll tell you something, Jason, right now. I could sit down and have a beer with you Me or, well. or four and, and talk to you <laughs> yeah. about this and pick your brain about it. Is there at any time any benefit whatsoever to waiting, you're not saying anything, getting the story straight, getting your ducks all in order, and how long is too long? Oh, that's a great, great question. And, and I, you know, not to spin or look like I'm obfuscating, but I think it really is a, a circumstantial or it depends on each situation. You know, often clients feel that they need to react right away. And that, that's a normal reaction when you're, when, you're, when you're really kind of under the gun, if you will. Uh, it is important to make sure you have your facts straight and that if you're going to come forward and act transparently and act honestly, that you're able to do so and have adequate information. So that's the first thing that you need to do. Before you go to pu- the public, you need to have the fullness of information. And that is probably more important. And if you have to wait a little bit to get that information genuinely uh, so that you're you're able to be truly forthcoming when you're out, that's much better than having to go back and correct yourself afterwards. Mm-hmm. In our business, we say it's it's a lot easier and, and frankly, uh, less expensive to brand well in the first place than it is to rebrand after the fact. Mm-hmm. But the reality is, is we also have an expectation society now that, you know, we, we pick up our phones in the middle of conversations to have a quick pick peek to see if something's going on. So I think there is an expectation that, you know, government uh, governments or, or industry step up uh, right away and at least acknowledge there's an issue, perhaps even say we're going to have more something to say further. We're getting all the information right now, but you need to get out and get a placeholder pretty early on in this to show that you're taking it seriously, to show that you have true empathy or sympathy if the, if the situation requires, um, but you should never go out uh, when, you're, when, when it's half-baked. You have to have a fully-baked sort of set of, of, of facts and, and then a set of actions that will follow it. So and for I, me in those situations, put the placeholder out, say we're coming out if you can't go right away, um, but get out and get truthful and honest. And, and I suppose these days we're battling, uh, our Prime Minister referred to it as an erosion, I think, of trust. That but, erosion of trust. But we're, we're you, you know, PR companies, yourself uh, included, have got to be battling this awful monster called skepticism. Um, and, and really, in many cases, industry and government have created that monster themselves for not doing the things that you've just suggested during this conversation to the point where you almost go into an official statement with a huge degree of skepticism. You know, again, it, it is a very important point. And, and, you know, often in this day and age, as, as we, when we talk to clients, we talk about permission space. And I think it's really important, you know, as you're developing strategies, uh, response strategies, to understand what, how believable you're going to be. Because what you've described has created, you know, a lot of cynicism in society. People don't take things at face value anymore. Uh, they're more likely to believe their neighbor or, you know, a, a friend than they, they might uh, an authority figure, if you will. A traditional authority figure, mm-hmm. I should say. So it, it's important for companies uh, and governments to understand, you know, 
in addition to those that are directly involved, what experts are going to be speaking? What are, what are, what are third parties going to be speaking? And it's really important for, uh, part of the strategy to include third party validators. So people that are legitimately not at arm's length, but completely separate and independent from the, the organization that can speak to, to your messages and your points, uh, and give them more credibility and more weight. Jason, before we let you go, I just wonder, we talk about, you know, there's so many, there's so many cogs in, in, in this or spokes in this wheel anymore. And I'm sure, you know, social media is certainly a, a big one that pull, throws a whole nother wrench into it when dealing in uh, a crisis communication. How have you had to deal with that and, and, and take that on? And, and what do you tell your clients when it comes to social media? Uh, well, the first thing is to know what's being said. If you're not uh, there and present in social media, you know, frankly, you're, you're missing the conversation. And it's really important first to understand what's being said, but then also how far reaching that is. You know, if you've got someone on Twitter with one follower and, and no retweets, then perhaps that's not as important with someone who has a lot more. Uh, so understanding the penetration of where it is on social media to understand if you have a real problem um, or if it's something that, that, that in fact, is, is, is doesn't have much legs. Awesome. You know, we're out of time. I, like uh, Jalen said, I could sit and talk to you. Uh, Whenever you're in, if you're ever in town, yeah, let well, us know. Likewise, I'm always up for that. I'm buying the beer. And do, do you know why, Jason? Because uh, we take these matters very, very seriously. seriously. So, Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much, Jason, for your time this afternoon. Thanks for having me on. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jalen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.